Welcome back, baby, to the N1 Podcast. Please put down your pitchforks. Don't come after me. I know you've seen the length of this thing. I I know. I just got done recording it, guys. I just want to say it was super fun. It was not an interview style. It was more of a convo style. For this one, I understand. Not everybody came here for hockey. Not everybody came here for football. Not everybody came here for over an hour and a half of content. Totally fine. I'm going to put some timestamps in the description. As usual uh if you want to come on this podcast you know somebody you think would be good on this podcast just let us know email is in the description as well and without anything further guys let's just open this up you know let's just let this roll Hey guys, welcome back to the And One Podcast. This is episode four. It's going to be a little bit different than normal. Uh, we're going to be talking some hockey, which doesn't normally happen, but I'm fired up about it to a certain extent. I'm still kind of in pain. We're going to be talking the wild card, still kind of in pain. <laughs> and we might be talking uh, the college football championship. No Sammy today, so can't be that bad. I'm joined by my buddy Eddie, and I'm convinced that by the end of his life, he will have a full real-life replica of himself in statue form outside of the odd. Biggest Rangers fan I know. Biggest Rangers fan I will ever know. You want to say hello? Hello, everybody. <laughs> oh, great. And you got the you got the beautiful voice to match it. All right. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about the World Juniors today. Uh, I know it ended about a... Uh, I, I think it was actually a week ago today. But uh, I, we are both Canadian. We both cheered for Team Canada, and so we both needed a week to um, drink our own tears. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So, you know, give us a break, guys. Um, yeah, so I, I wanted to start off just kind of talking. I know I don't want to, but I also kind of want to. I just want to do a little uh, review of the gold medal game. 2 nothing, Team USA, take home gold. What do you think? Um, man, I don't know. Canada decided to not show up at times. That second period was quite possibly one of the worst periods I've seen a Canadian team at any level play. What do you think we did so, like, like why do you think that? I don't know, it almost seemed like, I noticed a lot of times they weren't, they weren't doing what you're taught to do at, like, minor atom. You know, get the puck in deep, just do that. They kept trying to do all the stuff that was working against, you know, I mean, let's face it, like, the lower-end teams like Switzerland and Germany. They kept trying to do their little things that worked against them, but this doesn't work against a great team like the United States. Really? I So, so I agree. That second period was abysmal, but I actually, I'm not sure if I agree that it was, uh, that we weren't doing the dump and chase enough. I don't know. Not necessarily that. Like, I feel like, I mean, every team really does that. That was, wasn't the best example. But just in general, the the 
like your typical hockey things that you learned when you were at a young age. Because... Well, yeah, they, they kept us the outside. Like, we were not attacking the middle of the ice. Nope. And, you know, I have this one play stuck in my head. Byram, on the same shift, three times he tried to just keep kind of dangling out from between two guys instead of just passing it back to the point or passing it to another player. Yes, that'll work against guys who play, you know, in Europe, like, or against Team Switzerland and Germany, but this doesn't work against top-notch teams like the U.S. Yeah, exactly, right? It's, it's kind of a weird, like, aspect about the tournament is, like, you, you have to go from playing Team Austria, Team Switzerland, Team Germany with nine guys to playing, like, the behemoth countries, Canada, U.S., Sweden, Finland, right? It's yeah. just, like, it, it must be hard on the coaches, like, on, honestly, um, to, to be able to kind of, like, temper your team's excitement when they've all waited for weeks, sometimes months, to be in this moment, and they get this huge win. And you, yourself, are looking towards the next game, right? It can be hard to look towards the next game. Um, so, I, I don't know. I can't imagine. What, do you, what did you think of Canada's coaching? And maybe maybe more specifically in the gold medal game. I think it was fine. There's only so much you can do as a coach. I, I don't usually like it when people blame the coaches for a bad performance. There's certainly some times when you can point fingers and be like, yeah, this was bad. But most of the time, like, there's only so much a coach can do. He's not the one on the ice playing. Yeah. I mean, so Coach um, Andre Tournay, I believe that's his name. Uh, it's something yes. Tournay of the yeah, Canadian team. Right. Um, for those who don't know, he actually coaches in Ottawa of the OHL, Ottawa 67s. And one of their star players this year was uh, Jack Quinn, who scored, what, 40, 50, 60 goals this year? It was something ridiculous. Got drafted, uh, I believe, eighth overall to the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, yeah, he's sick. He's sick, right? And yeah. one of the things that sticks out about his game is, like, you look at the stats, right? Stat scout, um, like, he scores goals. And, I mean, you know, that team was loaded. He, he, he maybe wouldn't have got as many as he did on, on a, on a lower-end team. But he is a goal scorer. The thing that really I've, – I've also heard uh, high praise about his game is that he can also – he also drives offense. Like, he, he's a playmaker. He can skate with the puck. He's kind of like an offensive just dynamo. And it was a little weird to me because he was the only player in the team that played under this coach um, in the previous season. And he kind of was quiet in the World Juniors. I didn't really see him being used in that much. He didn't really have the puck on his stick that much. I don't know. I, it was just a little weird to me. Um, I would say... It's mostly just chemistry. You know, you got some chemistry over there, but you were looking at some of these lines, how much they differed from game to game. If some guy would be, like, that that extra forward, which isn't even on a top four line, but because one guy would get hurt, he'd be moved up to the second line just because he worked so well with those guys. So I feel like that's probably why I feel like he didn't... Because he also didn't play much as well, I'd say. And he didn't get as many opportunities as other players. And I'd say that's a big thing. Because a lot of other groups had a lot better chemistry. Yeah, true. So you think it came down to a chemistry thing. That's interesting. I want to know, like, in a tournament like the World Juniors, it's really interesting, like, watching how chemistry develops, right? How the lines uh, get juggled, how the lines um, change from game to game. 
Do you think it's more important for team chemistry to have like continuity in the sense like keeping people uh, on the same lines as the tournament progresses? Do you think it's more important to do that to build chemistry? Do you think it's more important to keep trying out new lines if one's not working because that's the way that you're going to find that chemistry, right? Finding it rather than building it. I'm interested. You know what? It really matters. Like, first of all, a lot of the times, you know, the bigger nations in the round robin stage, they'll always try everything because they, you know, they know that they're guaranteed a spot moving on. Like, especially when they play the smaller nations. When we played, or when we played Germany, we tried out so many different line combinations. Yeah, it's basically a preseason game. <laughs> Literally. And another big thing is I feel that, you know, you just got to go with what works. Some coaches love to just keep changing stuff. You know, they'll stick with, what, with what's working. But if at one moment in a game nothing's working, they switch up the lines and that starts working, they'll completely forget the other lines they had. And they'll just go with that moving forward. And I feel like you have to have some continuity, but at times you got to be willing to make change whether it's mid-game or before another game, because it does work at times. Yeah, um, one of the players who they really struggled with finding um, kind of that chemistry for, I found, was Quinn Byfield. And, you know, there was a lot of expectations on him, right? Last year, being a draft eligible with Lafreniere, and everybody saw Lafreniere just light it up. He was Canada's guy. Byfield, I don't think he had a single shift in the finals. Like, he was just not on the same level. And... So coming in this year, another year, he went second overall. He had pretty lofty expectations, and really, I mean, he had a he, he had um a very strong performance in, I believe, Canada's second or third game. I, I think it was their game against Switzerland. He had a very strong performance, but after that, I I don't know. It just I I couldn't tell what it was. Maybe they were just trying to like keep him on a leash. I saw him doing, like, dump and chase at times. I was like, this is Quinn Byfield. Like, give him the damn puck. Let him drive to the net. Like, I, I don't know. Um, what, do, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, to be fair, I think everybody had a good performance against Switzerland. But, um, yeah, I certainly do believe that he underperformed. He could have been better and should have been better this tournament. Should have? Oh, yeah. And why do you say that? Why do you say that? You know what, it's just, once again, the expectations. You know, you're a second overall pick. You're put on to a stacked Team Canada. I don't think any of these guys were a second... Yeah, none of these guys were a second overall pick other than him. So, you know, you got that expectation. You're the highest drafted guy on the team. It's already your second tournament. You gotta be that guy, and you gotta show up. And at times, he really did not show up. Yeah, and especially not in the gold medal game, which I want to get back to. So we kind of talked about... You know, Canada having some chemistry struggles. Guys like Jack Quinn, guys like Quinn Byfield not stepping up. Guys like Bone Byram really put a lot on them. Like, watch him in that finals game. Like, man, you're super talented, but you got you got to, like, stop putting it all on yourself. Like, I saw the, the, the Zegras goal. Byram was, like, jumping up in the rush like a like a center when the puck was still behind her on red line. Like, the, the goal line, right? And I don't know. It, it was a little ridiculous. But, anyways, I just want to... I want to finish up this review of the gold medal game. One reason, main reason, USA won. Main reason, Canada lost. What do you think? Um, I know a lot of people like to put it on Spencer Knight. But I once again just put it on. It almost seemed like at times we just forgot how to play. And we were just trying to do everything ourselves. Do the little sweet, 
sweet little things rather than just... Yeah, I know I used earlier the dump and chase. That was a bad example because they were doing that. I feel every team does that. But, but I... You, you definitely hit the nail on the head with fundamentals. Like, we kind of threw yeah. them out of the window at times. Because, yes, obviously it's going to work against Switzerland because, like, no offense, but they are not anywhere near the same level as us. Yeah, they're nowhere near the same level as us. Heck, yeah, they got a few, like, nice players, but at most times, bro, like, probably any junior player in the CHL could dangle out half their team. Like. Oh, my. Yeah. No, and even, like, Team Germany, who was, like, who's, like, good. Like, dude, yeah. Team Austria is, like, a, a team made of guys playing in, like, the C, the C League of, like, the Retirement League. Yeah. Like, people go play in, like, Italy, Switzerland when, they, when they're, like, 40. <laughs> because it's nice and they can settle down and just enjoy it while they're there. <laughs> and, you've got, and you're plucking kids from, like, the second, third division and throwing them up against a team of, like, first-rounders? I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I... You know what, like, Canada wasn't ready. We hadn't really faced a challenge. Like, we thought Russia was a challenge, and they mm-hmm. didn't really put up a fight, so... And Tournier stressed the importance of kind of having a challenge, having adversity. I don't... Yeah, like, I I mean, he was right. I don't really know if we got that adversity. I mean, Dak getting injured was adversity, but, I mean, then we just rolled over three teams that we would have beat by maybe one or two more goals with Dak, like... You know, it didn't really make a huge difference in the end. Anyways, brings me on to the next thing I want to talk about, which is kind of touched on, we, we touched a lot on how some teams just really are not um, the same level, I want to say. Like, they, 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 they probably just simply shouldn't be there. But then it kind of raises the question, well, should they be there? And I was wondering if there was anything you would do, any changes you would make, if you had, like, complete control over the tournament. Well, you know what? I saw a lot of people bring this up, and I very much disagree with the idea that the tournament should be reduced to eight teams. Interesting. Why do you think uh, that way? You know what? It's because at eight teams, you won't get these stories, these players from the lower-end teams who break out at this tournament. You look a few years ago, I forget, oh, there was one player... They were they played in the relegation round, but he really um, broke out in this tournament. Now I believe he has a contract with an NHL team. Do you remember if what I, team he played for? I don't. If I can, I'll search it up quickly. But yeah, if yeah, I don't yeah. remember, I just know that you know he just had a breakout tournament, and now he's got a contract. Yeah, I interested. I don't know if I completely agree because you look at a team like Austria. Right, and Austria's essentially their entire roster was uh, unremarkable. Just like I cannot look at almost every single player on that roster and be like, "Yeah, you're at the same level." But they had a guy in Marco Rossi. Marco Rossi was the Ottawa 67's best player. He went tenth, uh, what ninth, tenth overall in the draft, and I think he should have went higher. I super high on Marco Rossi. He's a phenomenal player. I watched Austria play a couple games. I did not notice him at all. And I'm not putting that on Marco Rossi. I'm putting it on the fact that at, at a certain point, right, even if you're going to have these, like, like even if you're going to have a few players that might be standouts on their team, if you get to the point where your team is as bad as Austria, nobody stands out. And Marco Rossi should have been a standout 
and he could have been a standout, but his team held him back to the point where he was unremarkable, like very unremarkable. And so I think at that point, when I know that there is high high quality talent on the team, and they're not even able to break out just because their team is so bad, I don't know if I want a team in the tournament. Um, you know what? I don't know. Just eight teams. Because you look at all these upset stories, like if, um, with eight teams, Germany, I believe, wouldn't even be in the tournament right now, would they? Uh, no, they would not, because they were relegation round last year. Yeah, they were relegation round, like, last year, and then look what happened. I feel that ten teams is the right number, because it's not, you don't have too many, let's say, not solid teams, like, bad teams, let's just put it that way. You don't have too many bad teams, but at the same time, you also have enough teams for there to be that one team that just breaks out and does well. And to go back to an earlier point, the one about the player, um, this isn't the player I was quite thinking of, but it's still a decent example. Nico Heischer, you know, taken first overall in, what, 2017? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. he was not, he was still a projected, like, first rounder, but top, I don't French believe top 20. Was, I don't believe he was even close to, like, a top 10 pick before the tournament. Mm-hmm. And in that tournament, he went off. And look, he got drafted first overall. So, yeah, just to go back to that earlier point. But it's not quite the player I was thinking of. There's one other guy I can't find. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, I, I just think overall a team like Switzerland can kind of can kind of compete in this tournament. I don't think Austria was in any game. You know, Switzerland, it came down to the wire against Slovakia. That was an awesome game. Um, and... I, it was an awesome ending. It wasn't. A, it was like one nothing game. I, it was not that awesome. You tuned in for the final third period, which is what I did. I could not be fucked for the <laughs> first part. You know, you got to see the goal, and then you got to see that awesome sliding cross save. I mean, like the announcer said at the time, save the tournament probably was. And I mean, like, hey, Switzerland was you know one goal, one big save away from winning a game and so i don't know i i don't know and then i mean you also kind of have to start talking about the fact that a lot of these teams that get promoted you know they'll they'll have that like one flash player and then that's it and they'll get demoted the next year right i can only imagine what's gonna happen to germany once stutzla paterka um uh reichel aren't eligible again reichel should have been on their team this year but covid issues um he's really good but i just like i don't know is there more german talent coming up i haven't heard of it so are they just gonna go back down a lot of these teams they'll go up for a year fall down for a year go up for a year fall down for a year come up in two years stay up for two years go down i feel like that might be a problem i don't know Oh, man, just eight eight teams, I don't know, just something about it. I feel like you could argue that it would make for a more competitive term- tournament overall. But just, I just think ten teams the right number. That's really all I gotta say. It's just the right number. Fair. I mean, I, I guess the thing that we're stripped of this year, right, is they didn't have a B tournament, meaning in, in generally the, the B tournament... I believe it's called that, will be the winner is the one who gets promoted 
and then the loser of the main tournament gets relegated. And the way that you'll lose the main tournament is you don't make the quarters, and then you play in a relegation round against the other fifth-ranked team from the other pool. We were stripped of that this year, and that tends to be, like, the exciting hockey to watch with those teams because it's actually even, right? Like, Kazakhstan-Germany last year, was those were great games. I mean, I, I, I can only imagine that Switzerland-Austria probably would have been a pretty solid series, and it, it, especially we would have seen Marco Rossi play really well. Like, I have no doubt about it. Um, so I, I guess maybe I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of recency bias since... I, I didn't see that. Maybe some final comments on that, and then we'll move on. Um, Keep it at 10 teams. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. So, uh, next thing I want to do is I want to do... Um, quickly, I think I want to do... Um, hmm, what do I want to do first? Let's do team reviews first. Um, Austria, Switzerland, Slovakia... Could not fucking care less. Like, like I, 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 I just don't care. Whatsoever. I'll go into them a bit. Really? Yep. Right. Just, just a little bit. Okay. Austria, they were right where we expected. I had no expectations. They played as expected. That's all. all right. Next team, Switzerland. What do you uh, think? Switzerland, they're a failure. Um, they were supposed to finish third in <laughs> their pool, and uh, according, they finished fifth. According to who? What? They were supposed to beat Slovakia, and they were supposed to beat Germany. Uh, since when were they supposed to beat Germany? What? At least from what I saw pre-tournament, they were. They are a better team in my mind. No, overall than Germany. They Germany has a few players that are good, but I think that Switzerland is a more solid team overall across the board. I know that's a hot take, but I do believe that. I mean, like I watched Germany play Russia. Germany almost won that game. I think watching the pre-tournament is kind of kind of fooled you a bit. I'm not taking I'm not taking a, a, a team Switzerland over a, a team with Tim Stutzel. I'm sorry, I, I just can't do it. Uh, but Russia also had a down tournament. Even though, yeah, they made the semis. Hey, we're, hey, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Um, but I think they. Slovakia, what do you think? Um, they surprised me in a good way. Like I had them finishing fourth, which they finished. Or no, I I know I. I'm trying to think of my pre-tournament rankings. They were good. They 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 were better than I expected. Even like on, on like if you had them at fourth, it was probably like a. I mean, like you had Switzerland over them, so. I had them at fourth, and I actually had Germany at fifth. That's, but that's whack. I had Germany at fifth because that's when we heard about all the like. I really did my rankings like on Christmas Eve, and that's when we knew about all like the COVID the Germany stuff. COVID issues. Yeah, I didn't know how that was going to play out. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't lie. Like, if Germany was full, like, health the entire time... Because who did they play in their first game? They played... I um, believe they played Canada in their first game. No, they played on Christmas. They also played on Christmas. We were their second game. Finland. Mm. It was Finland. Yeah, you're right. And they, play, they played a good game against Finland. That, like... That was, like... Five or six three, but like Finland had a lucky goal that like bounced off a skate. I that Germany did look really good in that game. I don't know. You know what? Let's say if this wasn't a COVID year and there was none of these um players having to sit out because of COVID, my rankings in a vacuum. I probably would have had 
Switzerland at four, Slovakia at five, and Germany at three. But I really thought, because there was also a few more players who missed out on like the third game, and a few who missed out on the fourth. Not nearly okay, as many. You said that's such a dumbass order. <laughs> Germany three, Switzerland four, Slovakia five. In a normal year. Yes. Okay, so I guess you're justified in saying that Slovakia surprised you because they did better than Switzerland, which you didn't expect. I did not see that coming whatsoever, and I really only had Germany. Like, really, they they were my fifth team had, there, had Germany not been decimated by COVID. Yeah. Anyways, any noticeable players on Slovakia? I know, like, one thing to note, they had a... Uh... 2022 draft eligible, Juraj Slavkovsky, definitely butchered his name, but I, I saw a little bit of him. Chromiak looked good. He, he was the one who sniped one against Canada, I believe. Chromiak is good. Uh, I did enjoy, Um, I personally don't know the goalies' names, but I did oh, like it's watching some, it's play. some Slovakian bullshit. They, <laughs> That's not they a played, attack. they played I'm well. sorry. <laughs> I promise. Um... Yeah, no, and, and uh, really one of the other things for Slovakia, one of the reasons I had lower expectations, their top guy, uh, Maxim Kajovic, 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 who was a third-round pick, I believe, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was going to be in his last year of eligibility, I believe, last year, second last year, so he was supposed to be their top guy. He actually got sent home from training camp for some, like, dirt. He was, he was putting dirty hits on people, so, I mean, like, Fuck that guy, but it was kind of a tough loss for Slovakia. Yeah. But at the same time, do you really want that guy on your team? No. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like... No, I, no, no. I, I, I didn't uh, expect that to, to happen. I, I never predict people to go into training camp and just be a goon. <laughs> that's, like, that, that kind of reminds me of... There have been a lot... This is a bit off-topic, but there have been a lot of fights so far in NHL training camps, which I find weird. Really? Yeah, like, the Canucks had one, the Devils had one, there was, like, another team which had one. Who's scrapping? Well, I know in the Canucks we had Gaudette and Mott fight, and then you had Miles Wood and P.K. Subban fight. <laughs> and then there was, like, one or two more fights, which is really weird. But anyways, back to the juniors. Yeah, fair, um, competitive guys. Whatever. Anyways, I... Okay. Team reviews, we're done with the fucking lame-ass ones. I want to get into the good ones. Um, starting at... We'll start at USA. They won gold. Tell us what they did right. Tell us maybe what they could have done better. You know, just general review. You know what? I can't lie. Um, it, I know it sounds weird to say that a gold medal winning team didn't dazzle you, but they didn't dazzle me much like when you look at the roster i probably had i didn't really um i had like my rankings for like pools but i didn't really go into like elimination round when doing my rankings mm -hmm. and uh i probably would have had them like competing for a bronze medal i can't lie um the roster they genuinely did not they played, I feel like, better than their roster looks on paper, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it's super interesting you point that out, because I thought one of the key things to USA was was that they kind of outperformed their roster, but it was strange because at the start of the tournament, it was the opposite. 
Um, and I think this could be due to COVID, you know, this could be a COVID specific thing, but you know, like you, you have guys chuck them together in a training camp and a lot of like, I mean, there was some university hockey going on this year, but like a decent chunk of them hadn't started playing this year or at least some of them. And you know, they, they don't typically play together. There was a lot of chemistry concerns, especially in the first game, like watching them play against Russia. That was brutal. Russia was passing everywhere. They had this like um, Larry Onov scheme going on, you know, and they were just playing like the like old time Russians passing around everywhere, and the USA just looked lost. Like I, you didn't see anything from their top guys really, aside from Zegras, who's always going to be stud. But yeah, no, and they really brought it together. Their coaching performance against Canada was immaculate, and I mean, at the end of the day, like you got Spencer Knight in that. He also kind of had that curve in the tournament. Spencer Knight top his game can. Can, can can take over a game against anybody. Well, I would like to point out that one actually thing that I thought that they did very well was chemistry. Because it's funny that you point out that it didn't really seem like it, and early in the tournament I'd agree, but... Yeah, but I, I, the, I, I, was, I was remarking that it was, it was great at the end, though. I don't yes, want that to get yes. lost. Yeah. That's, you did point that out. We, we, uh, can, we can agree on that? Yes, and the uh, reason I attribute that to is because a lot of these players played for the U.S. Um, development program. So a lot of these guys have played with each other before, while not many like of the Canadians have played with each other before. Yeah, the CHL kind of scatters guys everywhere. And yeah, re- really the, the U.S. team only had a few guys coming from the CHL. They had, uh, they had Hunter Skinner and Cali of coming from the O, um, Dustin Wolf coming from the Dub, and I don't think they had anybody overseas. I think that might have been it. Yeah, like a lot of these guys know each other, have played with each other, grew up together. Mm-hmm. That that certainly plays an advantage. Yeah. Um. So, like they did in the tournament, which I didn't think they did perfectly. So, kind of want to do it now. Um, end of every team top three players what do you think um you know i think you gotta put zegris there you can't not put him there he was sick this tournament mm-hmm. um spencer knight like he you know what like you kind of have to split it off because yeah those early in the tournament he was quite um rusty gotta look at the games that count though yeah, exactly. That's why I'm putting Spencer Knight in there, and... Hmm. Um... I really don't know for a third player, like, Give I guess... Give a shout. Somebody that surprised Tur- you, maybe. Uh, Turcotte had a nice tournament. Fair. He had a nice tournament. Um, I will once say, though, I did not notice Kaliev as much as I thought I would. Yeah, I know. He had that one snipe against Finland. That was a crazy game, by the way. And yes. that's about it. Fuck's right. sakes, we sh- they should have won that game, so we wouldn't have to play the U.S. <laughs> yeah, you know, retrospect, baby. Um, yeah, I'm gonna hit it off. My top three: Zegers Knight. Basically, same reason. Zegers was a stud. If you don't have him on your list, what are you doing? Um, Spencer Knight did not play well against Russia. First to admit that, but gold medal game, right? He he he, he turned up when it counted. And honestly, third, I'm going to say Matthew Boldy. Uh, I thought he had a great game, a great tournament, played well defensively from what I saw and heard. And I mean, in the offensive zone, 
He was controlling pucks. He was playing hard against the boards. He was using his hands. He was setting guys up. He even put in a few close to the net. I, I don't know. I, I thought he had a great tournament. I wasn't necessarily expecting him to be as good as he was, especially in comparison to some other guys. So he, he'd be my third. Um, any contentions there? Uh, no, I mean, I understand what you want to say. Fair. All right. So moving on now to Canada. Um, we kind of did a general review i want to say um if there's anything else you want to note about canada's tournament overall uh and then we're gonna jump into the top three players um but i like our pool for next year because it's tougher we need to fit. you look at all our tournaments do you remember when we beat down um well last year we were in like the meat grinder division right like you said germany came last well look at who was in the division like it was crazy, and I mean, we won gold. And because you remember a few years ago when we beat Denmark, like fourteen nothing. I do remember that. That, that was, was a cupcake division. And what happened in the quarterfinals against Finland? Uh, yeah, broken stick. Don't even. I cried, man. I yeah, I mean, I yeah. Should we have won that game? I guess we had enough chances. But at the same time, maybe that outcome would have been different. Maybe we wouldn't have gone to OT if we had had a challenge before, because we really didn't have a challenge. Yeah. You look at 2018, we had the U.S., we had some challenges, and we won gold. So I feel like the key is that we can't have a cupcake schedule going through. That we was, gotta have it. Hold on, hold on. 20, that was 2019, last year we won gold. 2018 was against Finland, right? No, 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 the 20, because remember, it always goes by like the year it ends in, so 2019 no, was your... the one. Oh, yeah, this was the 2021 World Juniors, not the 2020 World Juniors. Wait, no, so 2020 we won gold. Yes, 2018 we won, and 2019 is the one Against Finland. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking confusing when it goes across the years, my bad. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, in review, like, Canada's defense, as expected, just wasn't that great. Um... I don't know, like, there was some Caden Gooley praise in there. I didn't think he looked great. Bowen Byram looked great offensively, not great in his own end. He was supposed to be insane, so, I mean, a little disappointed. Jamie Drysdale looked pretty good, but, I mean, like, after Drysdale and Byram, who were great, right? But you expected that. There, I mean, like, there really wasn't much. I wasn't all that impressed. Brent Schneider outperformed what I thought he'd do, but... Our defense wasn't great. I was pretty surprised about Devin Levi. I mean, it just it feels like Canada always has a goalie that surprises. And I mean, like, I feel like he does get a little carried that he's with the Canadians. Like, you know, he's facing 30 shots, but those shots aren't as difficult, right? Canada Canada was, wasn't giving up those really high danger shots. So, you know, maybe that inflated his save percentage a little bit, but like the rebound control was crazy. And I mean, like, everybody knows what happened with the forwards. Not too, too much to be said about um, that I I wish they used Byfield a little bit better, to be honest. And yeah, I think McMichael's gonna be a stud. So, top three players, Eddie. What do you think? I'm going Peyton Krebs, Dylan well, Cousins. I I want you to explain Peyton Krebs because I did not see that. He had a sick tournament. You know, it's it's the little things that. Don't appear on the uh, goal sheet. Yeah, tell me what I missed, sheet. man. To just solid two-way player up and down the ice. He's not letting you go by him. 
he's doing everything right. You know what? Like, he's your tip. He's like he's the type of guy you want. That he might not get all the goals. He might not get all the assists, but he's doing everything else right. He can set up plays. He can back check. He plays well in his own end. Really, that's that's all I can say. Sick tournament. Fair. All right. Who else you got? Uh, Dylan Cousins. I mean, I don't really think I have to explain much there. And your third guy? He got a lot of, you know, people saying, oh, he's overrated because, as you said, he plays in front of Canada's D. But at the same time, Dead and Levi, he played well. Like, you can't, you can't deny it. Yeah, you can say, oh, he played in front of or behind Canada's defense. But at the yeah. same time, he looked very solid when he had to show up. He showed up. Even in the gold medal game, he showed up. Agreed. One was, was a tip. One was a tip and one was you can't like you can't really blame him. Like, yeah. Yeah, he could have looked there and seen that it got stuck on the back of the net, but at the same time, what are the chances it gets stuck and doesn't go around? I you think know what I mean? Honestly, I think that's more of a probability thing than a goalie to goalie thing. Like, you know, I, I think whatever goal you put in there, let them let that play develop a hundred times. Sometimes they might see it, sometimes they won't. I don't think better goalies are going to do all that much better than the bad ones. I don't know. I think that that's just kind of like shit that happens. It's hockey. 95% of the time, the goalie won't even look there. Yeah. But yeah, Dead and Levi, Dylan Cousins, and hot Peyton, take Peyton, Peyton Krebs. Krebs. Mine's probably going to be a little bit less of a hot take. Uh, so yeah, I got Dylan Cousins, of course. He was sick. Um, great offensively. Now, his defensive analytics in the dub are very concerning. Um, he just, like, has not been good defensively. I, he didn't really, I didn't see him much in Canada's end, to be honest. Like, it just felt like when he was on the ice, they always had in the offensive zone. Offense is the best defense. So, I mean, like, there is a little bit, you, you putting your foot in the brakes a little bit with Dylan Cousins, Buffalo fans. Like, let's chill the fuck out. He's not Wayne Gretzky, but... You know, he was top three player, um, no doubt. I got to have Devin Levi in there. Like, of course, I said, like, he might have been a little bit overrated, but, like, overrated from, like, a nine six one save percentage, right? Like, oh, he'd come back down to earth, and he's uh, still a really fucking good goalie. Um, so, yeah, I know I, I definitely like Levi, and I, I definitely thought he was one of our best three guys. And then... I, th I think I gotta go Connor McMichael. Um, Connor McMichael was awesome, and I would say that he was just as good or even better than those other two guys. I thought that Dylan Cousins wouldn't have the tournament he had without Connor McMichael, and that man hit like four posts. I know he didn't empty netter. He also hit four posts. Like he didn't always have the puck luck, but he was always doing the most to score or set guys up, and I was super impressed with that. Yep. Good points. I mean, all right, all right. All right. Give your response, then we'll we'll keep going. We gotta fly through the next few. No, I'm good. Uh, I'm ready. All right. So we're gonna go in order, like bronze, uh, then Russia, then Sweden. So we're we're gonna go Finland, Russia, Sweden, Czech Republic, Germany, in order of how they finished. We're gonna fly through them. You know, we did the top two guys. They're the ones that need the in depth. I just want to say. Do you think, how do you think that team is going to feel about their performance? And then top three guys. Hey. Uh, yeah, so sorry, starting off with Finland. Finland, I believe, 
that they did leave a bit on the table. I feel like they believe they should have beaten the United States. But you know what? Bronze, they showed up there. They still went home with a medal. But I feel like they'll always think about that game and think that, man, we could have competed for gold. True. A lot of people say winning bronze is better than winning silver because at least you're not on a win. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like in the moment, that could be true. Not true That's exactly term. what I was going to say. In but. the moment, you think to yourself, like, because you see, they're celebrating. Canada was crying. Finland was celebrating on the same day. But when you really look back at it, you know that fin- uh, silver is better than bronze. True. And it's just a fact. All right. Uh, top three players. Uh, Heinola. Mm-hmm. Will Heinola. Topi Niemela. Mm-hmm. And Anton Lundell. That's mine. Honorable mention, though, I will give to Lambert and Simon Taivo. Yeah, fair. They had some really good players on their team. I think their depth wasn't great in the end. Probably why a team like USA was just kind of hard for them. to. But, I mean, they controlled that game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, their USA is checking out their first line. Then they're checking out Cole Caulfield. Then they're checking out Arthur Cowley of, like, at one point somebody's going to snipe one. That's what we saw happen. Anyways, not here to talk about that. Here to talk about Finland. I think, you know what? I, I think they're going to be pretty happy with that. I know that they won bronze. Canada, like, if you look at Russia, Sweden, who finished lower than them, USA, Canada, finished higher than them. Look at how they came in. I, I think they're going to be pretty happy with it. I'd say top three players to them. No particular order. Uh, Heinola, Lundell, and I know people love Topi Niemela in this, but mm, I'm very tempted to say Brad Lambert just because he was fantastic. He was absolutely sick. He did not do a whole lot for them in the in the semis in the bronze game. So because of that, I'm gonna still go with Topi Niemela. But Brad Lambert, like, get excited, 2022. Just saying. Um, any comments before we move on to Russia? Nope, I mean, all those guys are really deserving. It's really up to what everybody saw, so I can't complain. Yeah, alright, Russia, how do you think they're feeling, top three guys? Russia, you know what, the Russians always come in with that. They're kind of like, I see them as kind of Canada. You don't look at a semi-final berth and think, this is what we wanted. Yeah. So they certainly left a lot on the table, and frankly, they didn't even go home with a medal. They are guaranteed very disappointed. And, because yeah, Russia is one of those countries where if you don't win gold, it's a failure. It's not like a Germany where, look, we made the quarters. Wow, that's so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... Yeah, okay, I guess I'll give my quick reviews. Well, I completely agree. Their country, if they don't win gold, it's a failure. Not necessarily a failure, but they see it as a big disappointment. They didn't get to what they, they didn't get what they went out expecting to get. So I guess, yeah, in their eyes, probably failure. My eyes, looking at their roster, I honestly think they did pretty well to get where they did. Like, out of the top five, out of the top five powerhouses, I probably would have had them around five just based off the roster. Um, and especially with Askarov not playing like lights out, 
Um, yeah, I, I I think four is reasonable for them. Uh, so I think they did solid. Um, they yeah, I think they did solid. Top three guys. What do you think? Well, just to say something quickly before we move on. Um, yeah, for sure. About what you said. Um, well, I did certainly think we were going to beat them. I did not see it going that way. Yeah, like that semifinals performance was pretty pathetic. Oh, like yeah, it was pathetic, and dude couldn't hold on to his stick. What's with that? <laughs> Anyways, um, top yeah, three players. Yeah, I forgot oh. about that. Oh my god, he had like fucking oil on his hands the whole game. Dude couldn't hold on. I don't know. You see that? Uh, he's a young goalie. Askroff's always been like that, super athletic, all the talent in the world, but he's just so jittery, man. And the nerves get to him sometimes. Um, but I, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be good. I agree. Um, top three players. Um, best player in the tournament for me is Put Colson. Might be slightly biased, but he's still worthy of a top three spot regardless. Eddie is a Canucks fan. The fans deserve to know. The listener deserves to know, guys. He is not impartial. I mean, I still think he's like... A- Worthy of a top three, yeah, but he was very good. I just but my slightly biased opinion will put him at number one for Russia. Fair. Not that you can't really you can very much make a case that he's number one, but okay, we I'm get not it. two and three. It. <laughs> yeah, uh, two and three. Uh, you know what? I'm putting in. Hmm. This this is tough. This is tough. Um. You know what, like, I'm going to put Askarov. He could have had a better tournament, but it's... I feel like it's a bit unfair to say that he had a bad tournament. He was certainly one of their better players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he kind of collapse in the semifinal? Maybe. But it's unfair to hold one, you know, game against him. Because even in the Czech Republic game and the Finland game, he only let it in two goals in both those games. That's like a typical... Like, goals against average for a goalie at a World Juniors. For, like, a good goalie. So, I'm putting him in there. Mm-hmm. And for the third, like, there's a ton of players I There's can, a lot. I'm going to struggle with the third as well. <laughs> I can put in there. So, this one, I'm just going to put Amirov. He had, a, he had a sick tournament. Like, you mm-hmm. can't say he didn't. But there's also... I'm just going to go ahead and say a few more guys who probably could have been considered. Um, uh, I'll let it slide. Like, Abramov. He had a nice tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that um, Mukhamadulin Muk- guy, Mukhamadulin. he had a nice tournament. I thought he was all right. Chinakov, I liked him. <laughs> Chinakov. Chinakov. Yeah, Chinakov. Uh, and one more guy kind of in that area, uh, I I did like him. Yeah, I don't know if it's Afanasiev or Afanasiev. I think it's Afanasiev. That's what the commentators are saying. It. Um, I know when he played in the O, he was regard he was referred to as Afanasiev or something like that. But I heard the commentators saying it the other way. Yeah, so- I mean, like people didn't know to say fucking Tim Stutzla. I probably still am saying it wrong. They didn't even have the E in it um, in his name until pulled up the training camp for Ottawa and like at the world juniors this year. So, you know, foreign names, not always the, uh, NHL's cup of tea. My, my top three guys, I'm going to jump into, uh, Picolton, um, and, 
Askarov, of course. Um, I mean, like, I, I agree with you. Like, they both were really good. They both, like, could have been better. I think they both could have been, like, monsters in this tournament. I don't think either of them were. I thought they were both pretty good. Um, but, like, when you look at the rest of their team, like, like they, there's, they, they have to be there. After that, it's tough. I might go with uh, Beshkirov. Daniil Beshkirov, I believe is his name. He was just really good defensively, and he had a really good... Um, I, th- I believe it was the bronze medal game he won player of the game, which is, I mean, like, really when it counts. Yeah, Mirov had a good tournament. Uh, Chinakov was all right. Mukhamadulin was all right. Um, their other uh, defenseman, uh, kind of like their top guy, he was all right, but I, I, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Chistikov or something like that, but... Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with the, those be my top three. Pakolzin, Askarov, and Bashkirov. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't say I disagree. Fair. All right. Next up, we've got Sweden. Uh, how do you think they're thinking? Probably a little bit different than uh, the other nations. And uh, who you got for your top three? Ooh, top three for Sweden. Well, hold on. Um, how, how do you think they're feeling first? They certainly believe that they should have at least been in the silver uh, semifinals. Because, let's be real, like, they should not have blown that, that game against Finland. That should have been a win. You know, teams at that moment should not be blowing games like that. They definitely feel as though they shouldn't have. I agree. Yeah. Not to say that Finland didn't deserve the win, because obviously I felt like did, Finland started but... slow in every game, though. And then, like, oh. fucking second, third period hit. Pff, fucking beast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, like, they're disappointed because they also came in with all that pressure of mm-hmm. the whole 52-game win streak that they extended twice just to lose three consecutive games and crash out. So, I really think that they are probably the most disappointed team in this tournament. I probably would agree with that. I maybe uh, maybe other than the Canadians, but I mean, like, yeah, it was pretty crushing to lose to the U.S. The the Canadians never want to lose to the U.S. Um, but I yeah, it might, might have been Sweden to be honest. Like, it, it feels weird saying that we the Canadians took home silver because it feels like we lost. But I kind of agree with you on Sweden there. All right, I mean, even if their team didn't play fantastic. Overall, they definitely had some guys who played pretty well. Uh, what do you think? Who are your top three? Um, man, this is Lucas Raymond. That's yeah. one. Um, I'm a Red Wings fan, so you know he's he's given me some hope. <laughs> there is some hope, guys. I will say that Bjorn fought and Broberg impressed me. Mm-hmm. But once again, I'm going to give one more kind of honorable mention, and I'm going to give Holmstrom that honorable mention. Holmstrom, wow. Um, I am a Wings fan, so this may be biased, but Lucas Raymond, I don't think that's biased. I think Tobias Bjornfoot was really good. And then I think it gets sticky, because I thought Gunnar played pretty well, Holtz played pretty well, Soderstrom played pretty well, he fell apart in another game. Broberg played really well offensively, kind of sucked defensively. 
Um, he has some major defensive concerns. Just throwing that out there. Um, I kind of want to say Soderblom, just because I'm a Wings fan and he was really fun to watch. But like, he was genuinely really good. I think I'm gonna go Soderblom. Honest, or um, Kosmar was really good. I, I, this Swede should be really disappointed because they had some really good guys who played pretty well. They just couldn't put it together. I want to say Soderblom, but a very strong honorable mention to Arvid Kosmar. And I know you're a Vancouver fan, Eddie. He's a Canucks prospect. And I also want to say, I honestly thought Jesper Wallstedt could make a case for like a top five guy in Sweden this year. I thought he played really well. And I was really disappointed that they did not play him in that game against Finland. I mean, let's be real, their goaltending room is pretty sick. Like, yeah, he you can make a case from starting, but at the same time, Alnafelt is also a sick goalie. Alnafelt is a proven that. guy. I mean, like, uh, if people don't know, Wallstedt, uh, 2021 draft eligible, so, you know, going to be kind of tough to give him the nod, but I just thought he looked so good. And, I, I mean, Alnafelt just, I don't know, man, he just didn't play great against the States. Wallstedt came in and played really well, and then Alnafeld still didn't really look all that great against Finland. Like, I thought that that last goal, like, what the hell was Alnafeld doing? People didn't talk about that enough. But, anyways. Hindsight's, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, Moving on. Czech Republic, what do you think? Um, I think they did better than they thought they would. Just beating Russia is already a huge success in this tournament because I didn't have much expectations for them. That's always a that's always a fun one, Czech Russia. Yep. Actually wait, I'm gonna backtrack on that. It's fun because it's competition. This year was not fucking nice to watch. I watched that game. It was boring as hell. Czech just played the trap against Russia, forced them to dump it in like neutral zone trap one three one three one and it was so boring, man. But I mean like wins a win and you know when like jumping around on the benches and all that they were fired up and that was fun to watch now i do forget which tsn broadcaster said this but in their words they played a perfect game against russia i think that might have been ray ferraro because it was a good take um just gonna say right now kind of in the middle of this i don't like listening to craig button like i (laughs) i just don't like craig button like he's he just He'll have, like, one narrative about a player, and then the entire game you have to hear about how amazing that player is every time they do something. And meanwhile, another player's having an amazing game, and he doesn't talk about them at all. I I thought that Ray Ferraro was much better than him. I mean, I, I would take Ferraro over him, but I also can't say that I I dislike Craig Button. <laughs> okay, I don't dislike him. I That was way overstatement. Craig Button's a great guy. I think, honestly, I just got pissed off about hearing about Philip Rober. I, I, I think, the real, like, when it comes down to it, I think I was just pissed off about hearing about Philip Rober. Fair enough. Um, I know you certainly weren't. Or, oh, no, he's a he's an Oilers prospect, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, top three guys, Czech Republic. I'm going pretty simple here. Um, Pitlick, Misak, and... Um, Tepley to me. I'll say that. Yeah, man, I would like maybe have to pull up 
even their fucking team roster again, um, just because they kind of blend together at points. But I agree, Meshack was definitely up there. You know, I might say Stanislav uh, Svozil, who is a 2021 draft eligible, another young guy, but he really had a great tournament. And I might say, I mean, I thought Lucas Perique looked decent in net, but they also didn't really like lean him in any big games for whatever reason. I went with Malik, who kind of sucked. Um, I thought Martin Lang had a pretty good tournament for them. Um, Tapley had a good tournament. You're right about that. Um, Hugo Hosh looked all right. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely, um, Meshach and yeah, probably Svozil as well. Get excited, guys. There weren't many players that really stood out to me from the Czech Republic. Yeah, it was more of a team effort kind of team. Um... Opposed to the Czech Republic, a team that definitely had some guys that stood out is Team Germany. And the last team we're going to talk about before uh, we kind of wrap up the World Junior stuff and maybe move on um, to a little bit of extracurriculars, um, including the College National Championship game. That's just starting now. Got that going in the background. Get fired up. Um, but before we get there, we're going to finish off talking about um, Germany. Actually, we're going we're to do some awards before we hop over here. Better not speak too soon. So we're going to to Germany quickly. Um, how do you think they felt about their tournament top three players? 30 seconds. Come on, let's do it. You know what? You can't be disappointed about making the quarters and having a banger game against Russia. Agree, agree, agree. You know, like, let's be real. They didn't have gold medal expectations coming in. Definitely. So that's a win. Um, top three players are um, Zimmerman, Munzenberger, and Elias. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. Stutzel, uh, JG Paterka. And um, I will say, though, that Monsenberger, while he's not in my top three, I did like him. He did play well. But as my third player, I will put in Elias. I I did like him. I did like Elias. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, team like Germany, got to be happy they made the quarterfinals. Not much more you can say. They had some COVID bullshit. I'm sure they're disappointed about that. Tim Stutzel, I'm sure he's disappointed because he knows he's a top caliber player in that team. Top three guys, Stutzel and Paterka, got to be there. Third guy's actually very tough. I'm going to go with Florian Elias, um, but definitely agree. Mario Zimmerman, Munzenberger, both look great. Also, their goalie, um, it was... Um, um, Glotzel and Nip were defensemen. Their goalie's name was Ga something. Uh, sorry, you want to you want to tell me what it is? Well, there's two goalies. They I I forget which one really the one started, ended, but it was the one who like ended up starting because they 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 tried some other guys and they were trash, and then they kind of stuck with one guy. Do you remember if it was a longer, shorter first name? Oh, Gar Gar. His last name's Gar. G A H R. Jonas Gar. Yeah. Yeah, he was also good, but I don't think he was quite as good as Elias or Zimmerman. And, um, just now, okay, so we kind of did our team reviews, um, went through team by team. Now, I want to, um, quickly, kind of at the end of this, talk about, and I don't want to take forever on this. We've already kind of broken down the teams. We've already talked about a lot of these guys, so there's not much left to say. I want to just do our own little version of the tournament awards. So... Yeah, I'm just gonna say a word. We'll both say what we think and probably argue. <laughs> so, yeah. probably not gonna argue on this. Who do you think was the best player overall? 
Hmm. This one I gotta think a bit. Now, well, this is actually a bit, a bit tough to me. Um, who are, who are you kind of flip flopping between? Uh, man, I kind of want to choose. Mm-hmm. Tim Stutzel. I will say that. Fair. And you know why? I mean, he just, he showed up. Like, he really showed up. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say that's because he showed up even with, let's be real, like, not the best team around him. Like, I feel like guys like Zegris and Cousins, while they're still sick players, they certainly got assisted by having a strong team around to help him. Mm-hmm. But look how many times Stutzel did everything basically by himself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go with Tim Stutzel. I think he has a case. I am going to pick Trevor Zegers myself. I Stutzel is very tempting to me, but I Trevor Zegers was just kind of on another... Like, he played lights out last year, and he took a step up this year. Um... Stutzler took a step up this year, but last year he was definitely worse than Zegers, and I don't think he took a big enough step to where I would say that he was better, but he was probably the one of the next guys up, if not Zegers. Um, so next I want to say um, top forward, other than the guy you picked for best player. Top forward, I'm going Dylan Cousins. Yep, I'm going Dylan Cousins, not Trevor Zegers. Fair. I actually would maybe make the argument that Connor McMichael had a better tournament than Dylan Cousins. Maybe. I know that that's kind of controversial, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, like once again, like there's a ton of players you can put in the conversation. And every single guy is a decent, decent choice. Like... I can't argue if you put Zegers, McMichael, Cousins, anybody there. Like, there's quite a few guys worthy. Fair. Um, and then, yeah, my guy, top forward, other than Trevor Zegers, I'm going to go Tim Stutzler, I think. I mean, I know that this is the same as how the tournament awards went. I think, yeah, I, I think they were pretty accurate so far with best player and... um best forward now you can make a case for Connor mcmichael you can make a case for dylan cousins maybe a case for lucas raymond i think it probably stops there i think it's probably got to be secrets cousins uh mcmichael or um or uh stutzler is the, the other one i forgot oh maybe anton lundell you could make a case for anton lundell but I'm going to go with Tim Stutzler. I think he was fantastic. And, I mean, you chose me as your best player for a reason. Uh, I, I, I agreed with a lot of things you said. So, yeah. Um, anything to say before we move on to the next one? Nope. Okay, uh, next one up, of course. Best defenseman of the tournament. Uh, you know what? I'm going with... A part of me wants to say... Topi Niemela. And but he won it in the actual tournament awards. Actual tournament, yeah. But I'm actually going to go with uh, Heinola. 
I do think that he was, because you know the Damn awards, de- the awards defenseman. Damn you, dude! I was gonna bust out the Heinola and feel all good about myself, but you just had to <sighs> steal my thunder. Because once again, I do believe that um, Niemela showed up a bit more like in the offensive part of it. But at the end of the day, a defenseman is supposed to be good at defense. Not that I'm not saying that Niemela isn't good at defense. He's insane at defense but to me Heinola is better at defense and in this tournament so that's why I believe he deserves this award yeah and I agree I thought Heinola was amazing on offense amazing on defense and I thought Niemela was honestly maybe slightly better than Heinola in, in the offensive zone but I didn't think it was a huge difference um and yeah I mean Heinola was just great in his own end um, I thought like potential other guys you could have given this to. Yeah, I thought Niemela. Um, maybe Bjornfoot, although I know Sweden just kind of had a few games where you probably didn't want to watch anybody on their team. I understand that. Um, I thought other than that, you maybe could have given it to Bowen Byram, but uh, the list kind of ends there. I didn't think Jamie Drysdale was impressive enough. I didn't think Jake Sanderson, Cam York were impressive enough um, to get nodded for that. And yeah, I didn't really... I wasn't super impressed with anybody on Team uh, Russia, Czech Republic, or Germany. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, next award. Now, this one that they didn't give out in the tournament. It's um, actually, before we jump into that, quickly, best goalie. Um, best goalie. You know what? I actually forget his name, but I think the Finnish goalie deserves best goalie. Um, that would have been Kari Pironen. Pironen. Forget about that. It really annoyed me how the TSN broadcasters pronounced it because, at least from what I know, when he played the Spitfires, it was Pironen. I could be wrong. Maybe they're right, but it just really annoyed me. But I think he played very solid, and it could also be the surprise factor because. If I'm being completely honest, he was garbage in the OHL. Like, with the Spitfires, he had like a sub-900 save percentage. It was like 8-something. I mean, the Windsor Spitfires aren't the greatest teams, though, are they? Mm, no. No. You would be correct in saying that. But, like, he certainly surprised me, and... It's still a sub-900 at the end of the day, which is At not the end ideal. of the day, yeah, it's still sub-900. But I did think he had a real nice tournament. Because, like, you look at both Levi and Knight, and for both of them, you can make an argument that they don't deserve it. Because, like, Knight, you know, he had a few kind of dodgy games. Like, he had, like, two kind of dodgy games. Um, Then for Levi, you kind of have that whole, like, didn't get tested enough argument. Mm-hmm. So, but for P. Ryan, like, overall, like, he has, like, a nice track record in this tournament. No, not that he didn't get tested, not that... He had a bad game here and there. Overall, like, even against Canada, like, there's not much you can do against that Canadian team when you're just getting peppered and your team won't give you any help. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired of the Canadian goalie getting it just because they play for Canada, to be honest. I think... Now, after saying that, it still makes it very difficult because Spencer Knight was great, but he left something on the table. Askarov was great. He left something on the table. Peronin was played probably the best tournament he could have, but 
he's not amazing. Like, he played good. And uh, well, I liked Wallstead. I've made that clear. But he wasn't goalie of the tournament, let's be real. Um, and I didn't think all in the felt was. I, I don't know. It's difficult. I just think at the end of the day, because of the gold medal game, you've got to give it to Spencer Knight. I mean, once again, you can't. Like, you bring up good points. You can't really argue that. Like, a ton of guys have been worthy of it. So, yeah. I mean, I somewhat agree. I would have taken a, a lot of arguments for that. Anyways, I want to jump on. Um, next word. Uh, most exciting player. Who do you think? Most exciting? I mean, I feel like a Trevor Zegers. Like, he plays with a lot of pizzazz. A lot of his goals were sick. Mm-hmm. A lot of his plays. He plays a very fun, energetic type of game so i'll give it to him um i mean tim stutzler just from like an entertain like exciting like boom like when he gets the puck he's dynamite super fun to watch um i already gave him best forward so i'm gonna give the award to somebody else i'm gonna give the award to brad lambert um he's not the flashiest player okay which some people might associate with exciting but the way he just controls the game he plays the game slow and that's a good thing when he has the puck, the game looks slower. He, I think he went like 7-for-7 seven seven on transitions in the first game. And he would just kind of like go his way through the neutral zone. And when he get the puck in the offensive zone, you could you could see him thinking on the ice. And every time he had, like, I just, I just was like waiting for a play to be made every time he had the puck. And it just felt like he kept delivering over and over. So I, I was, I had a lot of fun watching him. And maybe, maybe it wasn't exciting. Maybe I was more surprised, but. You know, I think Tim Stutzel might have been the most exciting, while Lambert was the most surprising for me. Yeah, once again, uh, this is another one of these awards where you can make a lot of arguments, because there wasn't, at least to me, Mm -hmm. for this one particularly, there wasn't one player who is above all else, above above everybody else, you can say. Agree. Okay. Unanimously, he deserves it. And the final two awards uh, that I kind of created myself, um, they kind of go hand in hand, stock up, stock down after the world juniors. Stock up, JG Paterka. Stock down, Quinton Byfield. I... Now this is a tough one. I think stock up, um has a lot of potential people it could have gone to. I mean, I think stock up might have to be a guy like Topi Niemla who was taken in the third round. It could be a guy like Brad Lambert that's supposed to be picked this year, a guy like Stanislav um, Svozl. I do think in the end of the day, I kind of have to tend to agree with you that, you know, J.J. Paterka, like he played an amazing um, tournament. So I thought that that was... That was definitely a, um, he was definitely a stock up kind of player. Stock down, I don't think I'm going to go with Quinn Byfield. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm, I'm going to go with Quinn Byfield. I think I would maybe go with a guy like uh, Cam York, even on the winning team. I've been very favorable in these awards to the U.S. I didn't see that much from Cam York, I'm going to be honest. Uh, he was kind of expected to be their top 
their top dog, especially coming, getting he got drafted in 2019, and so he was supposed to be really good, and I, I didn't think he played up um, to what I thought he could have played to. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, you know what? Now that he mentioned that, I did not notice Cam York at all. I actually just found out he was their captain after the tournament. <laughs> yeah, funny, funny like that, right? Yeah, I genuinely didn't even know he was their captain. So, you know what? I'm actually going to change my choice. Cam York by a mile. He was I, so I thought Paterka was close. I don't think you're completely off of Paterka. I thought Paterka was close. But No, I'm talking about stock down. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah, I'm I'm lost. Paterka was stock up. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right. Cam, Cam York, stock down. Like, he was so unnoticeable that I didn't even bring him up for this. Agreed. But yeah, now that I think about it, 100%. Byfield played miles better than him. Agreed. Okay. So, that's going to conclude our World Junior Wrap-Up of 2021. The only thing I want to mention is looking ahead to World Junior Championship 2022, this young man named Shane Wright, 04 birthday, meaning he is 16, now 17. He's got a January birthday, but he is going to be a Lafreniere type age player in next year's tournament. And when I say Lafreniere type age player, I mean last year's Lafreniere is going to be like next year's Shane Wright. And Shane Wright has been producing at a higher level than Lafreniere. He's been producing at a higher level than McDavid. I just, I'm fired up about that. I I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I I tend to agree. You know what? Um, Lafreniere was also an exceptional status player. Same with Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. You know what? It honestly surprised me when Shane Wright got cut at the first cuts. I, I can't say I really expected him to make the team, but at the same time, I didn't expect him to be cut at the first round of cuts because they went through, like, what, three rounds of cuts? And, and hold on there because... A lot of people don't mention this. Lafreniere actually made the team when he was Shane Wright's age. Lafreniere made the team as a draft year minus one, meaning it was the year before his draft year. Next year, Shane Wright's draft year. This is his, um, so so this is the year before his draft year. Laugh made it when he was this age. Now, Lafreniere was the 13th forward. He had like a goal, maybe, or like one assist. He didn't do any, like, he was pretty unnoticeable. He was not great. I think he even got called up by his coach. They're both pretty old. Okay, so that's not really an excuse. However, um, I will give it to you that, or to any anybody saying, this year's Team Canada, the forward roster was just crazy. Lafreniere, when he made it, it was not a complete like team of like first-rounders, uh, at least in the forward court. So I, I think Lafreniere was given a little bit of an easier road, but I agree. I don't think, I don't know why Shane Wright got cut first cuts. Like, that just surprised me. Like, something... Not necessarily like a bad thing, but he must have been super like just out of it or something, because that doesn't happen to a guy like him, who at least in the OHL last year he was sick. Yeah, did you see him play at all? I know you watched yep. a lot of Rangers games. What do you, what do you look like against the Rangers? I mean, I only saw him play um once against the Rangers. Played sick, like he's a sick player, and I saw him play a few more times, like on Sportsnet and stuff, and very noticeable. You know, you know what I mean. You see him, you notice him, he makes the big plays, what you kind of expect from a guy like him. 
Yeah, I mean, he's already got a pretty physically mature body for his age. So uh, he was the kind of guy that could jump into the O. And I thought he was going to be the kind of guy that could maybe challenge for a roster spot. He will definitely have a roster spot next year. And I almost definitely he will have a huge role. I mean, Lafreniere was the best player in the tournament in his draft year. And oh my, Shane Wright looks like he's going to be amazing. So yeah, watch out for that. Anyways, that concludes our total World Junior Championship wrap-up. Wrap I promise we're done talking about it. And I know that some people that listen to this podcast, hockey's not their main thing. That's cool. I may have told you to skip to this part at the start. That's cool. Thanks for having us. We're just going to do a little bit of talking football. 10, 15 minutes. Stick around. See see what it's like. Um, if you were here for the hockey, you want to dip. That's cool as well. Um, so yeah, we're filming this, sorry, recording this on Monday, meaning that the wild card round of the NFL is concluded. And I want to just actually, I mean, what do you think overall? And I have a few uh, little things I want us to talk about quickly. <laughs> I know we, uh, we're not, we're not always great at that, are we? Yeah, I will say that for the road teams went four and two. Which certainly surprised me. The only two home teams to win were the Saints and Bills. Wow. And Okay, well, I mean, we all know who should have been a home team between Washington and Tampa. Okay, so it's still 3-3, three and three, but I mean, I still think that... I can't recall the last time, like... Well, I mean, I guess this is the first time with a super wild card weekend, but at the same time... It was, three still, and three an for... it was still an anomaly, I agree. Just to show you that home field advantage does, like, fans does play a factor in games. I didn't... I'm a Seahawks fan, I know, I know. I really (laughs) did think it, like, I can't say I didn't think it before this season, I did, but it's just so much more noticeable now, because this is also, like, the first time, I think, in either in NFL history or in, like, 50-something years, where the road team won more games than the home team, which is just crazy. Yeah. I I actually hadn't heard that stat. That's really interesting. And I mean, it's kind of what you expect. Like, there's there's essentially no home field advantage unless you're playing in, like, fucking Tennessee where they don't care. <laughs> and they'll let anybody in the state. Like, you know, um, I'm a Seahawks fan. They didn't let anybody in all year. And I think it really hurt us. We needed the crowd in some of those games. Yeah, um, you need that crowd and you need your MVP to show up. All right, that's enough. Um, this is my time to speak. I'm a Seahawks fan, and all I can say is that I'm in immense pain. We literally lost to a backup quarterback and a quarterback with nine fingers. Pete Carroll, I'm tired of this goddamn simplistic sp- scheme. It's so frustrating. I understand that, quote-unquote, let Russ Cook failed. It only failed because you don't know how to run a passing offense. You started taking deep shots all the time. We needed simple completions to get Russ going. Russ is a great quarterback. You need to let let him be great. And now, in the offseason, Pete Carroll is saying, I, I know it's the offseason for the season. I'm, I'm already there. I've already accepted it, guys. I know. Pete Carroll is saying we need to run the ball more next year and more efficiently, more often. My God. The reason we lost is because we couldn't pass the damn ball. And not because... Let Russ Cook failed. It's because of you did not adapt. So as a Seahawks fan, I'm kind of pissed off. But like mainly, dude, I'm just, just in pain, man. 
like the Rams, dude. Divisional opponent. They always match up well. They always scare the fuck out of me. And yeah, I mean they got the be- they got the best of us. They they really did. Also, quick side note, only the thing I wanted to say, Jamal Adams definitely should have been a targeting call. If you know how the rule works, you know that that was a call. That was not cool. Injured him. I love Jamal. I'll defend him. I think I may have defended him on this podcast before. Um, he gets a lot of slander, but that was not cool. I did not mess with that. Blitz boy, now dirty boy. All right, you're muted. Okay, now... <laughs> Okay, never mind. I will say that the Blitz boy uh, slander is stupid because if he can blitz, why shouldn't he blitz? I you know what I mean. Agree. Okay. Anyways, that's that's my little Seahawks thing. That's my little PSA. Um, I have two main things to talk about, and I say main things to talk about. I want to zoom through them. I don't want to spend too too long in the wild card matchups. Um, if you have anything else of, of note, you can bring it up. I want to say just like your first take, hot take, baby. I'm Stephen A. You're Skip Bayless. Lamar, first playoff dub. What do we think? You know what? I think you got to... I feel like it was um playing at Tennessee certainly fueled the fire because we all know what happened last year at home against Tennessee. So I feel like... Was that last year or this year that, or this like season that they, oh, you're talking about the playoff game last year. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, because they got Henryed in the playoffs and this season, in the regular mm-hmm. season. And and just a little side note there, uh, so they, they did lose last year in the playoffs, but also they lost to Tennessee this year and Tennessee like danced on their logo and did all this disrespectful shit, so a bit of context. Yeah, and um, you know what? I'm just gonna say overall some hot takes. The Cleveland Browns are going to roll into Arrowhead and blow the wheels off of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mark my words, they are going to advance to the AFC Championship game. Might not be super convincing. Maybe blowing the wheels off is a bit. Is a bit controversial, but I already think my winning oh, take is a bit controversial. Words. Oh, I am marking these words. In. The Cleveland Browns are going into Kansas City and winning. Same with the Baltimore Ravens. They're going into Orchard Park <laughs> and they're winning. It's going to happen. You got the old Cleveland Browns versus the modern Cleveland Browns in the AFC Championship game. Oh, my God. Oh, my. This is comedy, guys. Um, We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, Lamar's first playoff, though. What else do you think about it other than it was like a revenge game? It was not only a revenge game against the Titans. It was also probably a revenge game against the media. What do you think about that? You know what? He's gotten so much hate. He's a sick guy, but gotten so much hate because he's 0-2 in the playoffs and stuff. And he showed up. You know what? Great game. I'm, like, and guess no what? It's not it. that hard to go 0-2 in the playoffs. <laughs> exactly. And there, once again, football, it annoys me when people say that, like, Oh, this quarterback, like, he's so, like, bad or inconsistent. Because they forget that there's also this thing called a defense that needs to show up. Or, like, your receivers, your linemen, your running backs have to show up. They think that, well, the quarterback is the most important player on the team. You can't assume, it's not basketball where, like, look, Lamar can just play 48 minutes a game and take the ball every play. 
Well, and you I know mean, what I mean? The, the Ravens don't generally put too much stress on stress on their quarterbacks, anyways. Like they they shouldn't need an elite QB performance to win. So if they're losing, that means that they're it's more than just the quarterback's fault. Bro, they won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. That tells you all you need to know about the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was he played really well that year. But I no, I, okay. I do you know what? I feel like I am getting a bit. Don't going a, a bit cheap, too far maybe, with the maybe slander. Maybe a, a cheap shot right there. Anyways. No, I can't lie. Joe Flacco, he's sick, but maybe, still, it's not It's was. not your typical... He, well, he, was, was, he was sick. He was sick, but he's at the same time, he's not your typical guy you think of as a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. All right. Joe, Um. not Joe fucking Flacco. <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson... Raining poopoo man, as we talked about on the first episode of this podcast, um, talked about him getting his first dub. Big on him. Only comments I have to add is like, yeah, people are just too quick to criticize. Yeah, he's not a great passing quarterback. Yeah, he's gonna do it with his legs. See how many yards he had. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm kind of happy for him. I, I'm tired of nine year olds t- yelling about how Lamar can't win in the playoffs, and. I mean, yeah, I I think he's starting to get properly rated this year. He was overrated, maybe a little bit underrated at times. I think now he's um, pretty properly rated overall. And the only other thing I really wanted to talk about was, I mean, you kind of jumped to it. Uh, you were pretty excited. But the Browns getting their first playoff win and possibly a, a second I'm hearing incoming. I don't know. Yep. Mark my words. I mean, I was watching the Steelers Browns game. I laughed first play. They, I don't know if you if you made it right for the start, but it was definitely worth it. Sorry, sorry. I gotta say something quick. You wanna know what I gotta say? <laughs> what? You can't turn that fucking. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I gotta say. Um, God, that song, fucking annoying. That's really all I gotta say. Did you see Juju busting out the dance moves down 19 points with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter? Okay, dude, Juju had a good game, man. Like, he did, you know what? But at the same time, it just it's just funny, because all of this, bro, he, all we're 11-0, we're undefeated. He, he went from the most likable guy in the NFL... Oh, I gotta turn that down. <laughs> to, to, ...to the least likable guy in the NFL real quick. Hey, man, did you see what Chase Claypool said today? I mean, he's he's my Canadian homie, so don't even disrespect him. But what he yeah, saying? I mean, I I do like Chase Claypool, but man, like, bro, like, what are you saying? What he say? I didn't, he I didn't said see that it. he said that like uh, like yeah, it was like a bad loss, but like they're gonna get clapped next week. Like you don't say that. Come on, on stream. Oh, I mean, like, I don't think that that's like, I don't think it's like, oh, like cancel that motherfucker. Like, I mean, it's, it's not, no, it's not that, but it's, it's like, not, bro, it's not, it's not like, it's not like. It's not like breaking some like monumental rule. It's just like, uh, uh, hold your L, buddy. Hold your L. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know he'll be he'll be holding some dubs soon. He's 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 my Canadian boy, Mapletron, baby. Oh no, he's sick and like, he's gonna be very good. Yeah. Um. And I mean, what I was referencing with the first snap for people who didn't watch, the Steelers literally botched the first snap, snapped it into their own end zone, and the Browns recovered for touchdown. I believe it ended up being twenty-eight to nothing after, like, like before the first quarter was over. 
And, I mean, really, the Steelers just hurt themselves with turnovers. I'm not even going to lie. I turned the game off. I was surprised that the end score was that close. But, I mean, once you're up by so much, you kind of stop trying. I don't know. if I, Did you even watch the whole game? Like, I turned that shit off. I did, and um, I wouldn't say they stopped trying. Just the Steelers started playing, like, you know, the Steelers. Yeah. I, I didn't. I honestly didn't see it. Like, I'm straight up. <laughs> Um, I know Nick Chubb ended up having a good game. Had oh, in, he had a great game. Had him in fantasy this week, but it looks like Eddie's gonna probably still gonna beat me. Um. Yeah, my team. My team actually showed up. Yeah. Um. And. I I mean yeah the the only other thing that was kind of like worth noting in this game, <laughs> quick review guys. Um was that um, the Browns head coach, Kevin Stefanski, who a lot of people thought um, was coach of the year candidate, and I think he probably should win coach of the year, to be honest. He was not in the building. Uh, I believe it was COVID protocol. So, you know, you love to see the assistant coach stepping in, getting the big dub. I mean, you got to love the Browns for getting that win, man. I mean, like, I know there's some slander on Baker Mayfield, but that guy's a competitor, and watching him win that game, oh, man. I mean, I, I love to see it. I, I love the, I love competitiveness, and he's a competitive dude. So, you, you know, you love to see it. You know what? It's been a long time coming. It's about Yo, it's it's, about it's been a long coming. it's been a long ass time coming. It's been more than a long time coming. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is really all I want to talk about for the wild card games. I didn't think there was like really too much else, um, to note. If you want to drop your score prediction for Browns Chiefs, and then maybe if there's anything else you want to talk about about the wild card, um, before we kind of wrap up this part of it, um, you know what? I'll tell you this: Cody Parkey's gonna line up for a walk-off field goal, down one, thirty-six to thirty-five, Kansas City. Wouldn't that just be beautiful? And he is going to nail it from 43 yards out and walk it off for the Browns. Uh, final score? 35 to 30, uh, 38 to 36, Cleveland. That would be a hell of a game. You got me excited. Washington just end up like 42 to like 3. Yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, you gotta shut the fuck up. You're jinxing it, man. Um... Nah, Cody Parkey's hitting a walk-off field goal. Anyways. But no, it's going <laughs> to double-doink. It's going to hit the goalpost, the crossbar, and go in. <laughs> what about the triple? What about the trifecta? Nah, he, he's too known. The, or wait, no, both both posts, then the crossbar? No? Nah, he's too known for the double-doink. It's only destiny that he's going to double-doink it in. That would be the most beautiful thing I've seen in my life. That would be such, like, a nice... Like, that's a good way to exercise the demons for him. He's probably still haunted by that moment. Mm-hmm. So, that would be one hell of a way to exercise your demons. Imagine having, like, your redemption championship run with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that's something, if you told me that, like, if you would have told me that the Browns would make the playoffs... A few years ago, when they drafted Mayfield, if you would have told me that in the year 2020, they would make the playoffs, I would have probably said, like, that's a reasonable expectation, but, and, 
beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh pretty badly, I would have called you an idiot. I mean, I would have called you an idiot like two weeks ago. (laughs) I mean, I did not expect them to beat the Steelers that badly. Also, without OBJ? Like, what? Oh, I just realized that. (laughs) They haven't had him since, like, what, like, week? Oh, God. Uh, Early in the season. No, I think it was more mid-season. I don't, I mean, back that up. So you know what? I think this is a good time for me and you to check on our uh, our brackets. Oh man! All right, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. All right, we're back. Got the brackets up. Let's do it. Um, bit of a surprise thing. Just not expecting to have this in, but you know, me and me and Eddie run a little competition behind the show. Um, and we are doing like a head-to-head bracket competition for the NFL playoffs. So we both pulled up our brackets, um, and I think I'm just going to go through the picks one by one, and um, we'll, we'll both say what we picked, and, and I actually, and we, we have some extra picks to make from a few that we got wrong. Um, not, not all of us can, can get everything right, even if we like to pretend like we're perfect. So, yeah. Um, your bracket loaded up, big guy? Yep. All right, um, Baltimore versus Tennessee. I think we both had Baltimore in this matchup. Nope, I had the Titans. Oh. I thought the Tennessee Titans were going to do it. Tough. Yeah, no, I had Baltimore. I I don't think I'd, I think I thought the score was going to be a little bit bigger, but, like, that offense was rolling the run game going into the playoffs, and that defense was good. I thought that the Tennessee Titans last year were a bit of a fluke in the playoffs. I didn't think they did that much differently this year. Um, I'm surprised Derrick Henry didn't do as well. I had him in fantasy, and he kind of disappointed. But you know, um, not. He only everybody. had like what forty yards. Yeah, it was it was not good for Derrick Henry, the two thousand yard rusher. It, it was actually pretty disappointing. But I mean, yeah. Gronk didn't get me a single point. So, well, you know what? You took Gronk, so that's on you. Okay, but you know what? Like, I there weren't really any other tight end options really available. <laughs> Anyway, I I didn't notice like a single like insane tight end performance in my opinion. A ton better than Gronk, but I kind of took Gronk just because Gronk's like not even that old. That's the thing. He's like thirty, isn't he? Yeah. I'm talking about him like he's like it's some old man. Yeah. Take a year off football and you just feel old now. That's the thing. I I really think that I only took Gronk mostly because he's a like a household name. Because frankly, I don't know many tight ends. I probably could have made a more educated choice if I did a bit more. Research. I mean, there also weren't a ton of great tight ends playing this week, other than Mark Andrews, who I took. So Eddie, Eddie's not that yeah. stupid, guys. Uh, Cleveland, <laughs> Pittsburgh. We both chose Cleveland, right? Yeah. We both predict the upset correctly. All right. Well, pat on the back for us. We talked enough about that game. Bills, Is it just Colts. me? Sorry, oh. I just just want to go back to that that game. But I find it funny that the Steelers played a more competitive game on the road with like a practice squad roster. What what week was that? Was that in week seventeen that you thought that they played with a practice squad type team? Yeah, I mean, practice squad is a bit of an exaggeration. It's really just backups, but still, without their most of their starters, without Big Ben, without with a ton of starters sitting, they played a better, closer game on the road than they did at home in the playoffs with their starters and the other team not having a ton of coaches, including their head coach. Yeah. I I mean, like we said, like you just can't be too happy about that performance as a Steelers fan. Anyways. Can't be happy at all. 
Yeah, but we can both be happy because we both picked the Browns. So pound the back dust. Colts Bills. Did we both have the Bills? Uh, correct. Yeah, I did not expect to be that close. That game ended up being a pretty good game, and the last few minutes felt like a fucking eternity. Oh my god! But that was a horrible call, though. On the should have been fumble. On who? Um, basically, I forget. I forget. It was in the last few minutes, but I basically, actually, I, I rem- okay. I don't. Re- there were so many fucking close calls. I think they got them all right. I'm not even gonna lie. I think they did get them all right. I mean, the broadcasters and uh, the one former ref guy, I forget which one it was. Disagreed? Disagreed. Oh. Basically, what, you, well, do you remember what happened? About... It's because he catches the ball, and he gets up his knees off the ground. Like, he's getting up to continue running because he wasn't oh, touched. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, my God. I'm so stupid. Of course, of course, of course. That should have been a fumble. Yeah, I agree. Who fumbled that again? I... Was it Was it T.Y. or? I think it might have been no, T.Y., I actually, but I'm No, I do. Sure. Yeah, sorry. I'm... My bad. I do agree. I, I thought that they got the calls about, like, the Bills receivers being in bounds. I thought that those ones were right. Those were right. They were both really close, but they were both oh, the right calls. Oh, uh, Zach Pascal. It was, oh, it was Pascal. That was a fumble. I agree. I think that was a fumble. Um, that, it is a fumble. Like, it was a wrong call, 100%. It was close, though. If you looked at the hand, but, yeah, But I there agree. were too many angles where you can see the knee yeah, off and the I, hand I, not I, touching. I, I think so, yeah. I agree. Um... Okay, so that concludes the AFC wildcard round. NFC wildcard round, Tampa Bay versus Washington. Did we both get that one right? We both had Tampa Bay. We both had Tampa. Um, I mean, not too much to say. Like, Brady in the playoffs versus a Washington football team. You'd like to think Washington had a chance. I mean, Tyler Henneke, I believe. Hein- he played Heineke. sick. He played sick. He had that cool touchdown. Um Seahawks, Rams, that game actually got rescheduled. I don't think they played that one. I didn't. So I mean, I, one I team didn't show up, really. I think, oh, yeah, they got there late, I'm pretty sure. Only showed up, you know, really late. Yeah, and then they, they just fumbled the ball. Oh, we've already we, talked about it enough. I got that we, one wrong. I'm gonna I am got that one wrong. I may or may not have had Seattle winning the Super Bowl, guys. Um, but we'll never know. Um, Your clown ass sure did. <laughs> Anyways. Man, can't get eliminated by the Packers when you don't even get Anyways, there. Anyways, so we both got that one wrong, and then Saints-Bears, I'm assuming we both took the Saints, right? Yeah, we both took the Saints, and uh, I really wish Nickelodeon Canada carried the game, <laughs> but they didn't. Nickel- that was a beautiful broadcast. That was a beautiful broadcast, and oh my god, this podcast has been so long so far. <laughs> Let's keep rolling, baby. Let's keep rolling. Um, So... Not too much to say about uh, Saints-Bears, right? Pretty unnoticeable. You know, to be fair, though, Mitchell Trubisky has more MVPs than Patrick and, Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Uh, do you want combined. Remind, do you want to remind the audience what MVP stands for? <laughs> Nick Valuable Player. Nickelodeon Valuable Player. I'm pretty player. sure it was actually Nick, but not oh. that it matters. It's the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I only get the facts right, Cam. Not, not, not that the award mattered anyways. It was a <laughs> fan voted. Fan voted. Mitch Trubisky winning in a landslide. Gotta love democracy, guys. Um, yeah, I mean, if there was any one Stop good argument for, for dictatorship, I know this isn't a political podcast, but if there was a good one, it would be that. Stop the count. <laughs> Stop the count, baby. All right. Um, before we get ourselves into trouble. 
Um, <laughs> total tally, I'm five and one. You're four and two. Is that correct? That would be correct. So I got the slight edge, meaning we. I have one game to pick, and you have two games to pick. Um, I'll let you pick. No, I don't have two games to pick because um. Wait, why don't why don't I have two games to pick? Because didn't you get Baltimore Tennessee wrong? Yeah, but um. So you should be able to choose between the Bills and Baltimore, right? No, but I I had the Packers in in a, I had the Packers and Saints still winning regardless mm-hmm. of who they played. Oh, so, so, I, I so don't, you don't pick that game. Yeah, I mean you know you can still change all your responses like they're not locked in. You can change them all. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Did I not pick a winner between Tampa Bay and New Orleans? Oh, because I thought the seeding would end up. Oh, I see what happened. The 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 the, the uh, something weird happened with the three seed Seahawks. I don't even, I don't even know. Like I think they they disappeared or something. That game didn't get yep. played. But yeah, so I, I'm a little confused, guys. The thing is, in my original bracket, I actually had Kansas City beating Cleveland, but I'm changing that. It. I'm okay, changing. I'm gonna stick with. Kansas City because I still have brain cells left. I'm so like, it's Kansas City. I'm taking. Ooh, that's hot, bro. Baltimore versus Buffalo. That's gonna be a good game. I'm taking Josh Allen over uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm writing the Browns. I mean the Lamar train, and I'm taking them to the AFC Championship. Damn. So it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um. I was close to choosing Baltimore. I still think it's going to be Kansas City-Buffalo. I still think Kansas City's going to the finals. I think I still think Kansas City's going to win um, now that the Seahawks are out, their main competition. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to take Green Bay over the Chargers. Um, Chargers, yep. <laughs> fuck. Um, the goddamn Rams. We're like an hour 40 in. I can't do this anymore. And between the two oldies, Breeze and Brady... I think I'm going to take my boy, Drew Brees. Always underrated. I would love that to happen. You know what? Drew Brees storming into Lambeau, baby. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees. Drew Brees storming into Kansas City. <laughs> into Tampa. Because the Super Bowl is being held in Tampa. But, yeah. yes. Uh, Point taken. still weird to me. Oh, true, dude. Brady could turn up. Nah, I'm, I'm sticking with my boy, Drew Brees. I'm taking Kansas City in the championship. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I just had to remake a few of my picks because my Seahawks decided to break my heart. Yeah, actually, I've just... Uh, my NFC picks are staying the same. I got the Packers and Saints meeting in the championship and then the Packers advancing to the Super Bowl. But in the AFC, I've still... Um, I'm taking the Ravens now to go to the AFC Championship over the Bills. I had the Bills losing regardless. I had them losing to the Titans, so kind of stays the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I originally had the Chiefs beating the Browns, but mostly because I'm just jumping on this hype train, I am taking the Cleveland Browns. And in the AFC Championship game, I am taking Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns rolling into... Whatever that stadium's called nowadays, in Baltimore, and winning, and they are off to their first ever Super Bowl. I'm gonna just to get this, rolled over I, by Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna I'm gonna name this podcast like "Delusional Man." I picked up off the streets yelling about the Cleveland Browns. 
<laughs> this is getting ridiculous. And Green of, course, going and of course, Eddie's a Packers fan, guys. Um, you should have expected it. He's a Canucks fan. Um, you know he's going to like just like the most annoying-ass team. Um, Go Pack, baby. He's just going to be like in the most toxic fan base. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> just kidding. That's probably like the Patriots or the Ravens or something. Or maybe the well, Eagles. Not the Ravens, not the Eagles. Eagles. Raiders. <laughs> saw this shit on. I saw this shit on Instagram. It was like, "Tell me you have felonies," without actually telling me you have felonies. And it was this guy <laughs> standing with like an empty vodka bottle, just yelling Raiders. <laughs> that shit had me rolling. Uh, Raider Nation, baby. Um, if only the KCI Raiders had fans like that. What can I say? Fair. If only we even had a stadium to host them at. Alright, end of the day, I'm taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and you're taking the Packers. Do I have that correct? Yep, you have that correct. Alright. Wait, who do you have them uh, beating in the Um, I have them beating the uh, New Orleans Saints. And Drew Brees, baby. What do you think about that? <laughs> You know that's kind of that's kind of a hot take of me saying that, considering I literally have the Cleveland Browns making the Super Bowl. So yeah, maybe so I, let, let's let's tone her down a little let's bit tone it down. with your uh, Super Bowl predictions. Anyways, Wait. we're so goddamn long into this bitch. Oh my, oh man. Uh, thanks for sticking with me. Um, anyways, to wrap it up. You know, it's already started. I've already ripped it in the background. We're already in the second damn quarter, man. National championship. Alabama's up 14-7 to right now. Ohio State's got the ball. It's looking like it's going to be a good game. Who are you cheering for? Who do you think's going to win? What do you think? Cheering for Ohio State, but Alabama is going to win the game. I honestly am cheering for Bama. I'm not a big, like, college guy when it comes to picking teams. I love college football. I watch, like, quite a few games. I just don't pick too many teams, to be honest. Like, I just don't really have, like, a team. I don't really fuck with Ohio State, going to be honest. I, like, I respect Justin Fields. Seems like a good competitor and whatever. But overall, like, I don't know. I just, I just, Alabama is just so fun to watch, man. Um, And, I mean, also, like, Prediction-wise, I, I think they're going to win. I think Bam will win by 10 points. That's my that's my take. I won't necessarily say 10 points, but two scores. Just kind of in that range. Um, okay, I will so say, though, I will say, though, that in the your comment of not having a team, uh, that's why I love the NCAA, because it's like the one league, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, it's the one league where I don't have a team, so I don't have to... Yeah. Constantly be stressed over you stuff. I can just sit suffer. back. <laughs> I don't have to suffer like usual. I can just sit back and like, you know, enjoy a game with no implications of anything. Just, just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Well, anyways, this has been a ton of fun. Um, my God, has it been long? Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a ton of fun. We can just talk for hours and hours. Um, hopefully, we'll have you on again at some point. I plan to kind of have these like more relaxed, just convo style episodes every once in a while. Something big happens in sports, feel like I need to talk about it, which I definitely did about the World Juniors. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to try and have that on. And especially when it comes to hockey, I have to bring on my uh, resident expert, Eddie, could not.
pronounce your last name in a million years. I'm Joke sorry. Joke <laughs> Some Romanian BS, man. It's too late, man. It's too late in the pod, bro. Um, I could not be bothered at this point. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I got to say. Thanks for coming on. You're going to need me on when the Cleveland Browns roll over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that was the last thing I forgot to say. You are the resident hockey expert. Uh, not sure about those football takes. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see who, uh, who ends up taking the crown in our bracket um, face-off. But, yeah, thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a good one. <laughs> if you made it to the end, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um. Good night. Peace.